Thanks for listening to the River Claremont podcast. We pray you are encouraged by today's message. For more information or to stay connected with what's happening at the river, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the River Claremont. All right, Psalm 27, 1 through 6. Last week we were hearing the testimony of what the Lord has done with Pastor Linda recently. She quoted at the end of Psalm 27, I would have fainted had I not believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Amen. Amen. David, no doubt, was a man after God's own heart that saw supernatural things. But the beginning of Psalm 27 begins with the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Amen. And of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, I'm not certain who those people are, but <laughs> apparently cannibalism was a big thing back then. If you think you got enemies, at least they're not trying to nibble your toes. <laughs> Although my dog does do that, now I know. I'm going to bind him in Jesus' name. You're bound. You can no longer bite my toe. Amen. They come to eat up my flesh, my enemies and my foes. They stumbled and they fell. Though an, <laughs> though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. And though war may rise against me, in this I will be confident. One thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide you in his pavilion. In the secret place of his tabernacle, he shall hide me, and he shall set me high upon a rock, and now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. Therefore, I will offer sacrifices of joy in his tabernacle. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. Today, as a, as a minister, I just felt to speak along the lines of rejoicing, but I want to bring it to your attention that praise is a weapon for one. It is a weapon of warfare that you have been empowered by God to give praise. But praise is also a natural thing. It's not, it's not, it's, it's in the flesh. You don't need a word from God. You don't need a prophetic word. You don't need a release from heaven in order to bring your praise. You bring praise whenever you decide to bring praise. Amen. There's nobody in this room that can hold you back. If you wanted to shout Jesus at the top of your lungs right now, nobody could hold you back. Amen. Your praise is your decision. You've got to decide, I am going to praise the Lord. I'm going to praise Him if I feel like it, and I'm going to praise Him when my flesh doesn't feel like it. I'm going to praise Him when everything's great, and I'm going to praise Him when things are looking like a trial before me. I choose to praise the Lord and lift Him up and magnify His name and exalt Him on high and not ever waver on that stance. The Lord is good, and His mercy endures forever. Amen you got to cultivate a heart of praise and thanksgiving to God. No doubt, life wants to break you. No doubt, we're in a trial as a nation. No doubt, we're in, you're facing different things in life from time to time. But praise is something that you've ever got to check in your life. Where is my praise right now? Is my praise level dwindling? Did I used to praise the Lord better than I praise the Lord right now? Am I, am I truly excited? And what people think is that only when things are going great, that that's where praise comes. 
erupts from, but it's really the darkest, deepest times that true praise rips out of you and breaks down the barriers and turns your circumstances around. Praise is powerful, and praise is attached to your joy level. You feel depressed, you feel anxious, you feel heavy, you need to praise God. Even when you don't feel like it, you need to get up and you need to dance even if it looks pathetic. Come on, somebody. When's the last time you danced? Just yesterday we were shopping at Target. I don't really like the store, but let's face it, they have a lot of cool stuff in there. So <laughs> they get me every time. And then I noticed something. You notice how your internet doesn't work in there? Because when you leave and check the prices, you just paid 30% too much. <laughs> I'm just saying that's for free. Frustration over. Okay. But they have this giant mirror in, in, in Target over by the um, whatever section we were in. Sock section, okay. Why do they have a big mirror by the socks? That's a weird place. Like, check them out. It was a giant mirror. So me and Emma, we just started having a praise break. We're all up in there looking in the mirror, dancing. She's so embarrassed, she's like, I can't, and one runs off and leaves us. Me and Emma are just going to town in there, and then this couple comes around, and they're like, sometimes you need to have a praise break in the middle of Target, because let's face it, Christmas shopping is not always fun. Always be full of joy. Choose joy. This season is about joy, but not everybody has joy. I remember years ago, someone explaining to me that actual fact, I believe it was, it was someone in um, law enforcement was explained this time of year is actually one of the most brutal times of year for them of so much depression and stuff as people feel lonely during a time that should be a joyful time. And I've never felt that because the Lord has always surrounded me with great people. But if you are at a place and you don't have friends, you you have a friend with Jesus. Amen. Amen. But you've got to cultivate and stir up within you joy in this hour. I feel like even in America right now, we have to, joy, we have to stir up joy in our hearts again to where you're busting forth with laughter instead of feeling oppressed all the time. Amen. Amen. I pray that God, Romans 15, 13, the source of hope would fill you completely. Say completely. So not halfway, but may he fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then will you overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The power of God anoints you with the joy in any and all circumstances. Like when we first started in the ministry, we had only been, it was our second week in ministry and we were preaching in Colleen, Texas, outside of Fort Hood. Somebody know where that is? Okay. Fort Hood. And um, we, it's a, the church's name was in itself hilarious because it was like one of those names that's like, you have to like, like Rehoboth Church on the Third Street of the Secondary Deliverance Ministries Restoration Incorporated, you know, and, and you're like, that's the name of the church, Jesus. But we went in there, it was an awesome time. And the first service was powerful, second service was powerful, the third night, I believe it was, I'm, I'm, I'm prepping in my spirit. What do you want me to share on? And the Lord said, I want you to share on joy today. Like, I want you to preach on the joy of the Lord is your strength. I want you to go for it. Just believe that, that, that people will be filled, that the, the laughter of, of joy would be in the place. And so I'm stirring myself up on this, preparing myself for joy, reading the word. And I show up at the church service. And the moment I show up in the church service, I walk through the doors. And the, the lobby is literally filled with 15 to 20 women weeping and crying at the top i mean like like you just walked into the storm of storms i mean welling and, and like 
crying loud. And I was like, what's going on? And one of the ladies in the church, her fiance had gone in for surgery. There was a complication in what should have been a simple surgery, and he never woke back up. He was in a a coma, and they didn't know if he was ever going to come back out of it. And, of course, they were just scheduled to be married here in the next two months. Simple procedure that he never came back from. And, I mean, it was like the heaviest moment you ever walked into. This is a good time to catch the wind of the Spirit to preach a different message, you know. Like maybe joy isn't the title of tonight's message. Maybe let's pick any other subject whatsoever. And so being young in the Lord, I didn't know how to shift things so quickly. So I just stuck with my message. And I remember I was really pressing in the Lord. I said, God, you have to help me because I believe your joy is for hard times. But this is like pretty difficult situation to to try and even talk about joy when it doesn't seem like it, it should be even spoken of. And I preached on joy, and then I gave an altar call, and I said, whoever needs joy in your life, I'm going to pray for you, and I believe that the Lord will fill you with his joy. And sure enough, I said, who needs joy? There was two hands in the whole building that went up. The woman whose fiance is in a coma, maybe never going to come back out of it, and then another guy that was like six foot seven, big old huge dude that just sat there. He never even sat. He stood the whole service in the back like this, glaring at me. And so he raised his hand, I was like, great. Which one do I pick, you know? It's not like I have like a little kid that's like giggling on the front row already. Like, oh, we'll pick that one. The the word of the Lord says it's this one. (laughs) So I went up to the big dude. I was like, all right, I'm just going to pray for him. And I remember laying hands on him. And the man, the power of God hit this guy. I mean, it like quick. And he just started bellowing out in laughter. And then I went to the woman whose husband or future husband in a coma Laid hands on her, man, the power of God hit this lady. She just began to laugh and laugh and laugh. And then the whole row of kids got the joy. And I was like, where were you five minutes ago? (laughs) Ha, 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 suck it up. I did all the work. (laughs) But I didn't do anything. It was the Lord. Amen. Amen. But God can fill you with joy in the most adverse of circumstances. In the wildest of things, in the darkest of places, in the heaviest of moments, the Lord's joy is a strength to come upon the church so that we, be, we are unbreakable because the joy is upon us. Amen. The Bible says a lot about joy. Over and over you read in Scripture how God wants to fill you with His joy, how He wants to, to, to stir things up. But I want to attach it to your praise level. You find a joyful person, you find someone that's always praising the Lord. They're connected together. You take Paul and Silas in the prison. Well, everybody in here, if you're in a place and you're in a prison, most people are just going to sit there and pray and intercede. But these guys chose in the midnight hour to lift up their voice and begin to praise God. And when they praise God, that's when the earthquake quake came. That's when the doors opened up. That's when the shackles fell off. And that's when they walked out of that place totally free by the power of God. Amen. Check your praise level. If you love Jesus in this place, then give him some praise right now. Who is excited about the things that God has in store for you? He's mighty. He's spectacular. He's glorious. Oh, come on. If you don't praise him, the Bible says even the rocks will cry out. All of creation knows. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the mightiest of the mighty, the biggest of the big. He is unstoppable in every way. His goodness knows no end. His glory is upon you. This is the promises of God. Amen. He's a good God. Psalm 47 verse 1 says, come on, everybody. Pretty much. See right there? Come on, everybody. Clap your hands 
and shout to God with joyful praise. Sometimes you just go to give a shout out, amen? Anybody in here ever had to do that? You're like, it's looking okay, I'm just going to shout. Break this thing right off, just right out the gate. i got to give God a shout. Moment bad news comes, just start praising the Lord. And you're saying, praising him for bad news? No, praising him that this is going to be a testimony of how the Lord sought things out and, and turned them for me. Amen. Seven biblical reasons for the joy of the Lord. Number one, in Acts chapter 13, verse 50, it says, The Jews stirred up the influential religious women and the leaders of the city, and they incited a mob against Paul and Barnabas and ran them out of town. So they, <laughs> so, so they shook the dust from their feet as a sign of rejection and went to the town of Iconium. And the believers were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. One reason for joy is to overcome rejection. Come on. I, I was pressing in. I thought about that. There's so many people that, that, that don't deal with rejection right. You got rejected once, and now there's people still single for 40 years because they were rejected once and don't ever trust again. You've got to tap into joy. Stop letting man tell you if you're acceptable or not because Jesus has accepted you. Amen. And, and this is coming from one that the Bible says he was smitten and afflicted and rejected from men, yet he, the chastisement of our peace was upon him. He endured afflictions for us so that we might be healed. And the Bible says he did this for the joy that was set before him. He endured the cross. And so he was rejected by man, but counted a relationship with you that he would gain as a joy. And so you have not been rejected from God. You have been welcomed in by the Lord. Amen. Rejection is like, man, I tell you, I can't tell you how many times as a pastor you, you feel like you've been rejected. Bro, like you chewed up, spat out, and thrown out to the side. You've got to constantly put before you that you're not going to let what other people do to you determine what you're going to turn around and dish back out. You've got to choose that you're a person of joy, that the Lord is with you, that you will cultivate an attitude of praise and thanksgiving, that you won't sit there and feel like a victim, won't sit there and feel dejected and sulking in the corner, but you will be victorious and rise every day excited because the Lord is on your side. Amen. The joy of the Lord is upon the church because we endure rejection. You want to talk about what's going on right now? The, the Bible says, Jesus said, if they hate me, they'll hate you. And just serving the Lord means the world is going to come against you. You will be met at the gates by rejection. How many people got saved and friends turned their back on you? I had that happen. People that were like brothers and sisters to me now wouldn't even talk to me because I was a weird Jesus freak. Let me tell you something, though. It reminds me of that service of Oral Roberts, the fourth man in the fire, where he's talking about it, a young girl that was like, I'm going to go forward to be saved. And she asked her boyfriend, will you come forward and receive Jesus with me? And he said, I'm not going to receive Jesus. And at first she felt, well, ashamed and she wasn't going to go forward. And then it hit her spirit and she looked at her boyfriend and she said, well, if you won't go to heaven with me, then I won't go to hell with you. Sometimes you got to realize, if the choice is a backbiting, backstabbing, lying world, or the goodness and the glory of God, I choose my Savior every day. He's full of love. He's full of power. He's awesome in every way. If you're going to make me choose, I'll tell you where I'm going to choose. I'm going to choose him every single time. 
and there's nothing you can do to persuade me otherwise. The world is empty. The world is dying. The world is depressed. That's why they're medicated and drunk every single day because they're trying to numb that emptiness. But I ain't medicated and I ain't drunk on anything but the new wine of the Holy Ghost that gets me out of my mind and into his mind every time. Jesus, I don't need what the world needs because I have a joy that this world cannot even begin to comprehend. It's not based on chemical substances. It's not based on a crude comedian. It's based on the goodness of God and the fact that I see his hand every day of my life. Come on, if you're dealing with rejection, sometimes you've got to shake it off. Anybody ever been re rejected? Any? You've been divorced? You've been lied about? You've been spat on? You've been backbited at? That's, that's a word, right? shake it off right now come on somebody shake that junk off shake it off in Jesus name you still sitting there I mean get up and shake things off right now come on I am not defeated in any way I'm a child of the most high I have promises they are yes and amen over my life he chose me he chose me in my mother's womb I have been fearfully and wonderfully made I'm the apple of his eye I'm a chosen generation I'm a royal priesthood I'm a holy nation I'm a peculiar person and I'm glad Hey, somebody, I'm glad. Sometimes you got to do a little Holy Ghost shuffle from time to time. Y'all don't know about that stuff, do you? Man, I used to go to a Spirit-filled Methodist church. Bro, they broke down. Church people today just jump up and down. Those Methodists had arms flowing. If you weren't with them, you were going to get knocked out. Anybody know the old school Methodist dance? Let me just show you. Oh, do you know it? Oh, she's she's going for it with me. Like, come on, woo! The old school method was it? They used to like wave their hands. Let me see if I can get in the rhythm. Like, Jehovah Jireh, my provider is great. It's sufficient for me, for me, for me. Jehovah Jireh, my provider is great. It's sufficient for me. I remember crawling under pews, bro. Sometimes you got to get up and do a little Holy Ghost shuffle. Come on, somebody. Stand to your feet. Let's just do it right now. When's the last time you got your heart rate increased because you are praising the Lord for his goodness? Come on, stir it up in this place. Hallelujah. Get that Holy Ghost shuffle. Oh, like they sing in the Pentecostal churches. You don't want it, I'm going to take it. You don't want it, I'm going to take it. No, 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 no. If you don't want it, I'm going to take it. You don't want it, I'm going to take it. Woo! Jesus. I feel joy in this place. Who's excited? You overcome rejection. That junk tries to get on you. You got to shake it off. Shake it off. I don't care. Shake that junk off. This section over here, that's the section to be at right now. Let me just tell you. About, about three more points, they're going to be running around the place. That's right. <laughs>
<laughs> Thank God for that. Amen. Thank God for his joy. Thank God we can praise him and break that heaviness off. Another reason for the joy of the Lord. Super <laughs> Supernatural displays of God's power. I mean, who in here can testify? You shouldn't even be alive. Come on, look at this. The first church, 85% of them said they should be dead. Now we got 60% in here. You guys are wild. I'm thankful that the Lord has sustained you or else we'd have a church of three people. But you should be dead. But the hand of the Lord said no. Think about that. You say, man, I just don't feel joy. You need to remind yourself from time to time and put it before you. What has the Lord done? Oh, look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. He healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me just in time. Oh, I'm going to praise his name. Woo! Each day is just the same. Come on and praise him. Look what the Lord has done. All right. Turn to your neighbor. Turn to your neighbor that needs some joy and shake them. Say, look what the Lord has done. My gosh. Time after time. I tell you, man, he ain't just good. He's good all the time. He's good all the time. My Lord. Time after time. Should have died here. Should have died there. Would have died there. Didn't die at all because the hand of the Lord was upon me. Should have been taken out. Should have gave up but never quit. Never did because God kept me strong. In this room right now, God has done so many miracles. We could testify after testify after testify of the goodness of God. We just got a testimony now. Picture sent in to us. A guy that's been coming through our food ministry week in and week out every week. They've been praying for him and praying for him. Had cancer growing on his nose. Big old cancerous hole. Weeks they prayed for him. Weeks they prayed for him. He gets home one day and just hears the still small voice of the Lord rip that cancer off. Grabs it, rips it off. We've got pictures. Ripped it straight out. Root and all came right out. Now his, his nose is healing back. Brand new skin. Guys, get a hold of this right now. What are we in? We're in the greatest army that has ever been in existence. You can't break the church, baby. You can't break the church. Hallelujah. He is alive. Let me testify to you. My God's not dead. He's not asleep. He's not scared. He ain't cowering. He ain't hiding. He's riding on the back of the horse to come and get me. And I'm going to come back with him one day. <laughs> Jesus. I just painted the picture of Jesus like Clint Eastwood or something. <laughs> Woo! Wow, wow, wow. Acts 8 says, Philip, for example, went to the city of Samaria and he told the people there about the Messiah. When you tell people about Jesus, it's hard to talk about Jesus and keep frowning. You ever notice that? If you just keep saying the name Jesus when you're frowning, your frown turns into a smile. I dare you to do it. Five minutes of Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. You smiling, your cheeks start hurting, you know what I'm saying? You're like, it hurts. I haven't smiled this much in years. 
<laughs> Jesus. You can't even say, try and say Jesus frowning. I mean, it doesn't even come out. I mean, what'd you say? You got to say Jesus. It's a smile. You know what I'm saying? That ain't by accident. People are looking at me like, is this like kindergarten stuff? But he told the people there about the Messiah. You tell someone about Jesus, joy comes. Crowds listened intently to Philip because they were eager to hear his message and see the miraculous signs that he did. Many evil spirits were cast out, screaming as they left their victims. <laughs> Everything okay over there? What happened to church today? Oh, many evil spirits were cast out screaming as they left their victims. <laughs> when your first time visitor friend starts growling. <laughs> okay, all right, okay. <laughs> Many who were paralyzed or lame were healed, so there was great joy in that city. When God moves miraculously, it gives you joy. Amen. Just ask anybody that's been on the receiving end of the goodness of God, and they'll tell you, man. And when you remind yourself on it, that's why it's so important to put that before you and remind yourself because it's like the flesh forgets. Think about the disciples that fed 15,000 one time, two cha or cha one chapter later, I think. And they're like, oh, what are we going to do? It's like the same scenario. The first time I read that, I actually like flipped back and forth to make sure my Bible wasn't broken. <laughs> like, did they mean to rip? Yeah, it's in there twice because it happened twice and still the same way. Because your flesh is always like, I didn't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> like, it never changed. Like, he, just, he just did a miracle. I just don't really know. <laughs> Remind yourself of the fact that he can feed 15,000 with a little boy's lunch. He can command the wind and the waves. He's the mightiest of the mighty and the biggest of the big. Come on. It gives you joy. Everything will be more than okay. It will be glorious for the bride of Jesus Christ. Now, the reason for joy, James 1, 2 through 3 says, My bros, count it all joy. You know it does. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. So what happens? What's that saying? It's saying when you go through a trial. Who's been through a trial? You got to say it like that, like an old Pentecostal preacher. Three of us? My gosh, this church is like, you fell with your bums in the butter, didn't you? Everybody's like, no, I, mean, I don't even know hard times. I'm, I'm a multimillionaire. You know, like, been, through, been through trials. I mean, I've, been, I've had to walk through things so intensely heavy. That your mind is screaming at you, God doesn't like you. And the evidence seems to really portray that. Like you could sit there and hold court and it would be, everybody would deem you have angered the Lord and he is against you. Because just sometimes you go through trials. Things unexplained, dark things, crazy things, fights, battles. I mean, where it wants to steal your hope. It wants to steal your future. It wants to steal your joy. And you've got to decide, man, nothing is going to steal my joy. 
If, I, if it takes me an hour to warm up to get one hee-hee out, I'm going to get a hee-hee out today. I'm going to do something. Amen. Amen. And it's your, that's why I'm saying it's connected to your praise. Because your praise is going to break that thing through. When, it, when you are going through that trial, you've got to cultivate that spirit man to cry out and just praise the Lord in advance. I don't care if this takes me out. I still know where I'm going, and it's going to be better than here anyways. So come on, to die is gain, to live is Christ. Either things turns and this battle goes in my favor, or I'm walking on streets of gold in paradise with the King of kings and the Lord of lords. So you can't break me in Jesus' name. Stirring that up. But the joy of the Lord comes in times of great need. The times when you don't think joy would be there is when the joy is the most important. You got to stir that up. Nehemiah said to him, go and celebrate with the feast of rich foods and sweet drinks and share gifts of food with people who have nothing prepared. This is a sacred day before the Lord. Don't be dejected and sad for the joy of the Lord is your strength. You want to find a strong believer? You find someone laughing a lot. Amen. What is he? We wrote that literally during the time that they were rebuilding the wall. If you read Rebuilding the Wall, it was so intense to rebuild the wall, they had to build with one hand and hold a sword in the other. So you think you've had it bad? You weren't sitting there watching out one eye and looking out the other eye trying to rebuild a wall in record time while fighting for your life, while having lies said about you too. Because that's what Nehemiah endured. Lies, rejection, ridicule, threats, everything coming at you. And that's where the joy of the Lord is your strength. And you know what? They did rebuild the wall and the Lord was with them and the enemy was defeated and pushed out. Because when God is for you, it don't matter who comes against you. If you believe it, shout amen, church. Come on, stir that up. Let your amen be the loudest because God is on your side. If you're on his side, if you're not on his side, good luck. No, the reason for the joy of the Lord is salvation. Thank God for salvation. Because, man, it, people, I, I, we, I've realized this, and I, I say it to the Lord a lot. I've actually asked the Lord for greater revelation on heaven, greater revelation on the things to come. And, and, I, and I try and press in and worship specifically for that purpose oftentimes. I'm like, Lord, I want to tap into the revelation of what's to come. Because it is so hard to grasp the glory of heaven that is for every single born-again believer while you're still stuck on planet earth. You know what I mean? Of all the stuff that earth throws at you and all the challenges and all the things you don't want to do but you have to do, all of these things, and it's like to get the revelation of the fact that to die is gain, to live is Christ. If a believer is 16 and gets to heaven, they don't care that they didn't live to 86. There is literally not even an ounce of regret that my life on planet earth was cut short it's like choosing to work all day or go to hawaii all day let me think about it <laughs> it seriously gets down to that and we don't really grasp that sometimes but when jesus's disciples went out they were casting out demons they were laying hands on the sick and they came back rip-roaring for the power and jesus said don't rejoice that, 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 that spirits are subject to you in my name. Rejoice that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Rejoice that your salvation is secure. That what is set before you is better than anything in this world has to offer. The goodness awaiting the church is beyond measure in our, in, in our realm. We can't even fathom it. But you're going to get to heaven 
Every one of us in here that holds Jesus as our Lord and Savior and has repented of our sins will dip into that river of life. And man, before you get to the other side, every scar, every wound, every lie ever said, everything that ever came against you will be washed off. You won't even think of it evermore. You're going to get out at the other end at the feet of Jesus. He'll be waiting for you. You're going to be there for eternity, casting crowns at his feet. And then after a thousand years, you might go down the road to look at your mansion but you don't actually care about the mansion because you're in the goodness of God. Heaven is a real place. As many people say, heaven, so, heaven is a real place. I want to let, let the, the, the old Methodist song, heaven is a wonderful place filled with glory and grace. I want to see my Savior's face because heaven is a wonderful place. I want to go there. <laughs> my voice cracked. I want to go there. Even when the angel came, as we heard today, he said, I bring you glad tidings of great joy. For unto you a Savior has been born. Salvation. Jesus saved mankind. When he saved mankind, he defeated every enemy of man. He defeated rejection. He defeated hurt. He defeated sickness. He defeated lack. He defeated death. He defeated everything that would come against you. And he freed you to walk into glory. Church, you got to realize, man. Even if your life isn't long on earth, it doesn't matter. You're going to not miss any of it. But if you are here, spend your life telling as many people as you can about how good God is. So that when you get there, there's a welcome party of people saying, thank you for your faithfulness to tell me about Jesus Christ. Salvation. And with joy will you draw from the wells of salvation. When you are saved, you have a joy this world cannot comprehend. Amen. You have a depth of joy on the inside of you that just springs up in the times of trials and the times of need that you begin to laugh. We met, we've got friends of ours that pastor in Tennessee that before they were ever pastors, I mean, they just went to a, a church down the road and he was just did tree. He was a tree guy, cut trees and pulled them out and stuff. And she was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. That's a tongue twister. And so MS, and it's progressing, progressing, progressing. She went to a church where she asked for, for healing, and they said that that passed away with the apostles. And so she didn't have anybody to go to. The, the symptoms were getting worse and worse. She, she was reading the Bible, and she was like, I don't see anywhere where it says that it stopped. And so she was like stirring herself up, pressing in. And as she pressed in and she began to praise the Lord, the joy of the Lord struck this lady. She started to laugh for three days. She was laughing all day, all throughout the day, laughing at everything, just full of the joy of the Lord, laughing, 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 which the Bible says, a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. Amen? Amen. After three days of laughing, every symptom of multiple sclerosis was broken off of her body. It has never once recurred in her. Total reversal. Total reversal. She went back to their church and got kicked out because she was healed and they didn't agree with healing. That's how they became pastors. When you get rejected for having the joy that healed you from a disease, you might as well just go down the road and start your own church to tell people he does what he says he'll do. He's actually still alive today. I can testify. I have it. It's real. It's real. It's real. Man. Jesus. When the proof is standing in front of you, some people will still be like, I don't believe it. Well, I don't need you to believe it because I believe it and I, I have it. Come on, somebody. You don't want it, I'm going to take it. Mm -hmm. 
salvation, the goodness of God, the joy of the Lord that is our strength. Another reason for it is when we revelation of God's word. Anybody in here ever read something and it on the inside of you? And it went from words on a page to works of power in your life? Like you have it. And once you have it, nobody can take it from you. Oh, you know it too. It's not like, I did I get a revelation? When revelation smacks you from the word of God, it's like being caught up in like a Marvel movie. You're like sucking power. You just got bit by a radioactive spider. Next thing you know, you're going to walk in supernatural power. When you get revelation of God's word, joy comes from it. The Bible says in Nehemiah that the people went away to celebrate with great joy because they heard God's word and they understood them. Man, may you have understanding in you. May when you read the Bible, it not just be something that other people have, but it may be something that explodes on the inside of you so that you go to having and possessing everything it says you will have. May every promise be yes and amen over your life and in your life. May your children's children see the goodness of God in your life and so desire to follow God because they say what I saw displayed is the best way to live my life. May you have that revelation of God's word. Any trial you go through, anything you go through, get in the word of God until you find the solution. And when that thing springs to life, you hold it and you will have what it says you will have. Amen? Amen. That's the beauty of the word. People are like, What's the, what, what is God up to right now? Get your Bible, open it up, read through it until something explodes and that's what God is up to in you. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah for that. I can't tell you how many times it's like you're trying to press in even for direction and things in life and you just get in the word. And you find something and it just like, it literally is speaking straight to you. Isn't that amazing how God can take a word written thousands of years ago, printed in all these translations and direct you the one time you need something and it's exactly what you say. That's why we call it the living word. It is alive. It is potent. It is like the Holy Ghost shaking you and electrocuting you to life. Amen. It's like a defibrillator from God. Clear. And things start beating again understanding God's word, the revelation that comes from that, 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 uh, that supernatural explosion of this is what he means and this is what that does and then you have it. Thank God for revelation. If you're living your life only getting other people's revelation, then you're missing out and that's what spiritual maturity talks about from the milk to the meat. The milk is what someone else ate to, fit, to make for you and then they produce milk and you have it. But you're supposed to get to meat where you go out and you have it. Amen. And sometimes you've got to hunt that meat down. Amen, men and ladies. Sometimes you've got to go find that wild turkey and you've got to gobble that sucker in. You've got to blow his head off. You've got to pluck his feathers. You've got to eat that thing. <laughs> Understanding God's word. Thank you, Jesus. For the revelation. Thank you for the availability of his word. Amen? Amen? You know, years ago when I went to buy a new Bible, I was shocked by something when I went to Barnes & Noble's, which you know this was years ago, because I don't even know if those things are still around. Um, they're like the next blockbuster. <laughs> <laughs> Who buys books in a store? <laughs> but I went in there to get a new Bible, and I, went, I found the Bible section. The Bible section was literally like, like six feet wide. And right beside it, the next row said teen witchcraft. And Barnes and this was years ago. I don't know if they still have it, but I'm, probably they still do. 
It was literally like the whole row of teen witchcraft, right. of spells, incantations, fictional stories, all this stuff. So teen witchcraft is all the way from here to the door, and Bibles is this wide. You know what that showed me when I looked at that? It showed me that, that man, I know God wants his church to arise. That he's looking at the church like, I have given you everything you need to walk in supernatural power. You grab that because the world is looking for someone that possesses it and the church should have it in them. Amen. You shouldn't have to go down to a golden globe or a crystal orb or some psychic to get a word. You should have it exploding on the inside of you because you have the creator within you and he wants to speak to you. You got to stir that up from time to time. The church has got to arise. Man, the devil is not more powerful than my God. He's bound and he's beneath my feet. Come on, somebody. When I walk in the morning, I step on his face. That's why sometimes the bottom of my foot hurts. And I just shake it off. You got to stir it up. Amen? Sometimes you got to paint the picture in your mind sometimes too. Just envision stepping on his face. Because then you'll have joy. You guys are a tough crowd this morning. It's fine, whatever. You're not stealing my joy. A bunch of long faces. Another reason for the joy of the Lord is supernatural peace and protection. God will protect you. Amen. Amen. Psalm 4, 6 through 8 says, people say, who will show us better times? Well, let your face smile on us, O Lord, for you have given me greater joy than all those who have abundant harvest of grain and new wine. For in peace I will lie down and sleep, for you alone, O Lord, will keep me safe. The Lord is your protector. He is your fortress. He is your shield. A thousand can fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You got to stir that up. You got to stir it up. God is protecting me. Even when I fail to protect me, God does not fail to protect me. Even when I do something stupid, his grace is sufficient, and I will walk out. Amen. Amen. Antonio was telling me a testimony when we were up in, where were we? Pittsburgh. No, not Pittsburgh. Pennsylvania. And there was a time in his, his, I think I might have shared this once in the church, in his apartment in Tampa where he was praying, and he's just stirring himself up, and he's just praying in the Holy Ghost and just worshiping the Lord. And it comes out of his mouth, Lord, I thank you that you bind this murderous spirit. Like, who in here even says murderous spirit? You know what I'm saying? Not Antonio. He didn't even know what it meant. He had to Google it. (laughs) Murderous spirit. And he's just praying, and he's just going to town, binding this murderous spirit. Goes to bed at nighttime, falls asleep, wakes up the next morning, opens his door, and his neighbor right across the hallway's door is kicked in, and police are everywhere. And he's like, what happened? They were like, you didn't hear the commotion in the middle of the night? No, <laughs> didn't hear nothing, you know, and they were like, yeah, three men or four men angrily rip, rip, kicked in the door, threatening, screaming, but when they kicked in the door, see, the crazy thing is, is here's Antonio's door, it's just an empty door, here's a door right beside it with an ADT sign on it, and you're in murderous rage, you're going to kick in the ADT door? Or are you going to kick in the one without an alarm system? Well, these idiots kick in the one with the alarm system. And the alarm goes off and they get arrested. Or they run off when the cops arrive. But his door is un- untouched. Why? Because when the Lord is your protector, the angels of the Lord are encamped about you. And the enemy can try as he may. 
He can stir up a mob. He can drop a nuclear bomb. But if God says it ain't your time to go, you're going to be the one to walk out of that nuclear bomb with no scratch on you whatsoever. Do you believe it? If so, shout amen. amen. The Lord is your protector. He will protect you. He will watch over you. I was sharing this in, to YWAM this week and it reminded me. Years ago, I was washing the dishes like every obedient husband does once or twice a year. <laughs> I, I, uh, well, uh, probably now, but I used to do it more. I'm just so busy, people. <laughs> Doing important things for the Lord. So I'm washing the dishes, and you know how dishwashers are. They're literally useless. All you can do with a dishwasher is dry dishes in it because you have to first wash them and then stick them in there and then pull them out and rinse them again because you're like, what is this thing even here for? So, yeah, it's just so you can have like that calming shh sound as you watch TV. It sounds like rain. So I'm washing the dishes and I'm putting them in the dishwasher and I'm washing the dishes and I put them in the dishwasher and I'm babysitting the kids and so, you know, you're naturally hoping this goes well. So that your wife is proud of you as a husband and not like, don't trust my, my husband with anybody. So I got the two littles, one's like three, one's like 18 months or something like that. And um, she wasn't even a year old. Yeah, so she was little. And as I'm, I'm doing that, suddenly I just like, this comes in me. I just start praying in the spirit. I mean, just like, God, Father, I thank you for protection on this house. And I'm just praying the Spirit and then speaking protection. My family's blessed. No harm can come to us. No weapon formed against us can prosper. Your, your hand is upon us. And as I'm praying that and I'm washing the dishes, I turn to put a dish in and I watch Ellie take the sharpest knife that we have and grab that knife and as fast as she can, spins like this right at her sister. And I mean, just full on body whipping straight at little Emma that wasn't even a year old. And it just catches Emma's like eyebrow. Didn't even, didn't even really draw a drop of blood. It just was a tiny scratch with no blood. And instantly I grabbed the knife, put it in there, closed the dishwasher, grabbed the kids. And I'm like, like, and then I'm just overwhelmed with gratitude. I'm like, thank you, Jesus. My gosh, he protects you. Even when you're doing something stupid like washing the dishes. It would have been better if I hadn't washed anything. You know what I'm saying, guys? Somebody back me up. No, it's, it's dangerous when a man washes dishes. Things get broken. People get hurt. It's, I don't believe that at all. And some of the ladies are looking like, you're about to get hurt. Oh, you, we'll see how tough your angel is, sonny boy. I'm going to get jumped by a group of three women in the parking lot. Soak them for crutchy. You know? <laughs> ah, stay down. You wash those mugs when you get home. Ow. I'm glad I came today. <laughs> it's really turned into a great morning. Amen. Supernatural peace and protection. <laughs> the Lord will keep you safe all of your days. Who in here can testify of things, I mean, seriously, where the Lord protected you? And looking back, you're like, I should not. I didn't even know. Man, the Lord, the angels of the Lord are real. They are encamped about us. 
No evil can befall you, the Bible says. Thank you, Jesus, for that. Amen? Amen. Now, the, the last reason for the joy of the Lord in your life, and I'm wrapping up with this, is for clear direction in your life. I thank God for that. The Lord will speak to you personally, and he will lead you in your life if you would incline yourself to hear his spirit and what he has to say. You don't have to live your whole life not knowing the things that God has made you for. You can live with divine purpose. It's not always the call of God. It's not always ministry, but it's something that heaven has made for you. God will give you direction in your life. He'll give you direction out of circumstances. He'll give you direction into prosperity. He'll give you a direction into joy. He'll give you direction into overflow and, and satisfaction and fulfillment. God will direct you and give you clear direction in your life. For the Bible says in Psalm 16, verse 11, You will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. When you begin to have direction in your life, it's based upon knowing who you are in Christ Jesus. I know who I am. I know who I belong to. I know that there was a price paid for me. I know that even in times that I don't feel like I am that great, God chose me in spite of how I feel. Amen. I know that the word, every promise in it is a promise that I can, I can meditate on until that is a reality in my life. I know that every time I see God blessing someone else, that God is not a respecter of persons. Amen. That he would bless me equally if I would just keep leaning into him and praise him and thank him for what he's doing. Amen. It's understanding I have direction in my life. I don't wake up in the morning and wonder what should I do with my life. I'm not still sitting here having a midlife crisis trying to figure out what am I supposed to do. I thank God for that. That the Lord got a hold of me and began to direct me and lead me into things at a young age. When I was aimless, had nothing I was aimed after, nothing I was pointing after, and the Lord got a hold of my life, and one step after another, God opened the door. And I look back and I say, thank you, Jesus, because in that direction, it's not that I know the whole picture. How many people are glad God doesn't give you the whole picture? He gave you the whole picture, you would quit because there's a lot of opposition in the whole picture. He doesn't give you the whole picture. He just gives you enough to keep you moving forward. And then he gives you those moments where you stand and you look back and realize, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be when I was supposed to be here. And there's such an overwhelming feeling of peace and joy in that, of like, thank you, God. You are directing my steps. You are leading me. Even in times that I don't realize that you are leading me, you are faithful, you are orchestrating things on my behalf, you are moving even when I didn't know you were moving. And he's faithful to do that to every single one of us. He doesn't do that to a select few in each generation. He does it to every person that loves him, that leans into him, that says, yes, God, I'll, I want whatever you want in my life. That direction will come. And when that direction from God comes, the beauty of following God's direction is you are guaranteed that even if you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you will not fear any evil. You're not staying where you are. You're not staying in the down places. You're not staying in the hard places. You're coming through to the goodness of God, and you will show to this generation how wonderful it is to serve God. I'm going to ask for every head to be bowed and every eye closed this morning. Thanks for listening to the River Claremont Podcast. If you'd like to partner with us in seeing lives touched and changed by the love and power of Jesus, you can give online at www.riverclaremont.com. Your prayers and financial support are changing lives.